Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. When you're having a difficult conversation with your spouse, one word that you say can mean the difference between calming him or her down or setting off a firestorm. I'm John Fuller, along with my Focus colleagues, Greg and Aaron Smalley. And Aaron, I know you've counseled a lot of couples. Um, how have you seen careless words? Any any uh, illustrations come to mind? Well, there's one for our own marriage. Oh. <laughs> Forget the couples I work with. <laughs> it's, it's funny, before when we were talking through this prepping for this, um, I, literally Greg said this word, and it makes my blood pressure rise. Um, relax. Hey, just relax. Just relax. I cannot explain why it triggers me, but it does like triggers me to the moon. Um, it is, it makes my whole body tingle. In a bad <laughs> for way. Greg, it's something different. I don't think if I said yeah. relax to Greg, he'd go, yeah, great. Yeah, I'd be like, I'll chill. I'll chill. Yeah. Yeah. And I know for me that it, that that's really comes from a place of if the energy goes up in a conversation it, it it makes me feel really uncomfortable. Hmm. And so to manage my uncomfortableness, I will tell her to relax. And that has never one time gone well. No. And I was even and I even said to her, So when's the last time you've even heard me say that? Because really I've made a, a you've a learned real your lesson effort. Yeah. And to, to do that, because I know that that's coming from a place that, that I'm feeling uncomfortable. So I need to figure out for me, how do I do a different job, mm-hmm. learning how do I do that differently, mm-hmm. managing my own emotions instead of telling her to relax, there's probably something that I can do. Mm-hmm. And often what I do is I repeat in my mind over and over again, this is okay. We're going to make it through this. We're going to grow and learn. I mean, I literally have to like self-soothe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's good. I appreciate your vulnerability. And maybe next time I ask a question, you can talk about, you know, some friends of yours or something. So. <laughs> well, just relax. Yeah, yeah. yeah just relax, yeah. John. Will. It's all You're good. You're getting yeah. pretty upset right now. I can feel <laughs> so, it. J- Jim Daly sat down with Mylon and Kay Yurkovich. They're always so insightful. They have some great practical guidelines for you on talking through tough issues in your marriage. The rules, I I think it's important for people to understand these rules that you have touched on, Kay, the speakers, the rules for the speaker, rules for the listener. Let's touch on those quickly, and then we've got time for just a couple more questions. The rule for the speaker, that's the one talking, is stick to one topic at a time. The average couple, once a person starts talking, puts a mound of issues onto the table right? to the point that you can't even see where the table is anymore. And then it is common for me to ask couples in my office after they get going for a while, and I love couples because I let, I let them get going a little bit. And I'll say, where did you start this conversation? And they'll say, I, don't, I have no idea. And I'll say, see, that's the point of sticking to one topic. So that would be one major rule of the speaker, mm-hmm. stick to one topic. That's why the one topic was silver sneakers. Right. It didn't switch to other issues. It stayed right on topic, and we disciplined ourselves to do that. I could feel that. Yeah. Kay, what about the listener? Well, for the listener, I think the hardest thing is to just keep listening when you hear a feeling word that maybe is about you. You know, you make me feel invisible. Well, that doesn't feel good. Uh, but to learn to stay in the listener role no matter what you're hearing and repeat back for clarity what you're hearing and then to find out more means I ask an intelligent question that gives me more information. 
And that's hard. That's a learned skill. And so that's why we, we, you know, we have the list of questions to help the listener be able to stay in that role. Yeah. And you also talk about that for the four steps of listening, which are really important. I think listen and summarize if the message is too long. Yes. I could see that happening easily. So am I hearing you correctly? And you no, know, you... and that's people kind of resist that because it's like, well, I'm just repeating what I heard. But if you really get into an emotional topic, you may not hear it correctly. Right. And you may say, so this is what you're saying. And your spouse will say, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. And so just clarifying is very important. I think for me, one of the skills I have to continue to work on is I tend to complete the thought. You know, I see that as active engagement. Gene sees it as interruption. I'm trying <laughs> yes, to tell well, you. Especially with an introvert. Yes. Introverts process internally and they get interrupted a lot and their sentences get finished. Um, and so if you're, if you're listening to an introvert, you have to be let, take the time to let them process internally before they speak. Yeah. Man, uh, this again is so good. We have mentioned soul words a couple of times. And again, that's a list that you created. We posted on the website. Mm -hmm. uh, Gene and I are starting to use those as well. Uh, what are they? Give us an example of three or four of those. Well, we, they're basically emotions. And descriptors of emotions are words that describe emotions. Because we're made in the image and likeness of God, God is an emotional God and a cognitive God. He's both. And from Genesis to Revelation, he has every emotion in the book. And he tells us why he has the emotion, where it came from, and what he's going to do about it. Mm. So we then took a list of feeling words that um, we accumulated from various sources. And we began to look at it every time we had a conversation. And also, I started looking at it as a part of my devotional time with the Lord because I could pray and tell him what my real internal state was. So uh, I feel sad today. I feel angry. I feel depressed. I feel um, anxious. I feel overwhelmed. I feel uh, jealous. I feel envious. All these are, are feelings. Uh, I feel insecure. I'm frightened. I'm scared. I feel tentative. These are all things that we feel. We just have never had words to identify them and to be able to articulate them. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, man, this time flies so fast, and there's so many questions still, but we can't cover it all, and that's why getting a hold of the resources is so critical. But let's speak to the process, because uh, we're all going to process this differently. We're all going to begin to want to apply this. What are some of those uh, warning signs, you know, like on the side of the road, uh, slippery when wet, right? <laughs> so what are those warning signs as we begin to use the comfort cycle and we engage in meaningful communication? Where are the pitfalls? Well, I think we are in a hurry. We think that once we hear a concept, we should just be able to apply it and it should all make a big shift in our relationship. And f I think what we see with couples we work with and certainly in our own marriage is everything took time. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of mistakes along the way. There were a lot of frustrations. We just kept pushing because we knew we were doing what God was asking us to do. So it's being willing to push through the uncomfortableness of growth and to give it the time it takes to really make major shifts. And what I hear you saying is stick to it. Don't, don't give up when you hit a pothole. Right, because you will. Yeah. But that's how we learned everything. You learn a sport. You, how many times do you have to repeat things uh, if you're good at it? 
You yeah. guys are fabulous interviewers because you've done it over and over and over and right. over again. Right. You don't have to, th you know, you think and you plan, obviously, but it's second nature to you now, which is what communication has begun to be for us. So it, it's a matter of learning to be able to spot if Kate starts to get dysregulated in a conversation, or I do, we'll say time out. I'm not doing well right now. Let me catch my breath. Let me do some slow breathing and then give me five minutes to walk around the house and then I'm going to come back and let me try and listen one more time. So we got very practical along those lines. Yeah, reduce. Yes. Or a big and then part we, of growth. Then we had to work on our tone because the Bible says, speak the truth in love. Yeah, that's not an accidental comment. No, no, no it's not. <laughs> we treat it that way. No, no yeah. It, be, like, if it, you can. Let, yeah, right. <laughs> or, or let your speech be, as it were, seasoned with salt that it may give grace to those who hear. Mm. We can speak truthfully, but it can also be seasoned in such a way that it's palatable to the other person. You know, I think that soul words list that Mylon and Kate talk about is something that I got a copy of when they were in the broadcast recording studio with us a couple of years ago. It's been on my bathroom mirror ever since. I'm still not there fully, but I'm starting to use those words and really identify with them. Uh, Greg, talk about hard conversations. Um, it's not fun, but they really can be kind of an impetus for growth if a couple approaches it in a good and healthy way. And that's so true. In the book of James, chapter 1, verse 2, it says that when trials come your way, consider that to be an opportunity. Now, it's talking about an opportunity for joy. And, and yet, if you expand that, really, conflict, trials, hard times, struggles that we go through as a couple, it really is an opportunity. Hmm. And I've noticed that, that one of the best benefits of walking through conflict that I've noticed is that it really gives good insight into my own personal issues. As we were talking about in the beginning, when 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 I sense that Aaron is getting emotional or the, the heated, you know, the energy is is raising within a conversation, I would tell her, Hey, hey, relax. And and really that was coming from my own insecurity around um, not sure what to do with tough emotion. And what that's done is it just revealed that I needed to do some work around that. And so the more, you know, that, that I've done personal work around just learning how in those moments where maybe things are really uncomfortable, how do I maybe say a quick prayer to the Lord? Um, how do I relax? Because essentially what I was trying to do is get her to relax <laughs> so that things would, would the mood, the environment in that moment would return um, in, in a more calm way. Yeah. But really that was about me. And so, mm -hmm. you know, praying, going to the Lord, saying, God, I, hey, I know you love us both. And what do I need to understand? I mean, all those things have really helped me to relax and to stay open. Yeah. But what I love that you're saying is, Greg, your insight shows that usually there's something more going on underneath the surface around these hard conversations. And often what we'll do is we'll argue back and forth, well, you did this and you said that. And, you know, it's all above the waterline is what I call it. But underneath that waterline, there's a whole lot more brewing. So it's getting in touch with what is it that's going on for each of us mm -hmm. during these hard conversations and going there and talking, bringing the covert into the overt. Hmm. And so it's, it's helpful because as we do that, we learn learn a lot. You know, maybe there's an old ineffective pattern that we have been utilizing in our marriage that we can break out of. Yeah. And so we learn and we grow. 
I appreciate uh, what you're sharing, and I so appreciate the Yurkoviches for what they've brought to the table in this conversation. It might be that you are thinking, you know what? I am really struggling here in our relationship, and I can't do what I'm hearing Greg and Aaron say or what Mylan and Cave coach me to do. So um, give us a call. We have a team of caring Christian counselors. They're safe. They've heard um, so much over the years. They're, they're really wise people. And I know that because I know a number of them, and I've used their services too. So uh, the number to call to schedule a free consultation with one of our Christian counselors is 800-A-FAMILY. And we'll put the link in the notes as well. And let me just say, Mylon and Kay's book, How We Love, is a terrific resource. Um, uh, so many of our listeners have been working through that material, and it's helped a lot. So let me just point out, we have a bundle. Uh, we've, we've called it the Growing Your Marriage in Times of Stress broadcast bundle. And it's got the full conversation that Jim Daly had with the Yurkoviches, as well as that book, How We Love. And we're sending that bundle out as our thank you gift when you join our support team today. Make a monthly pledge or one-time gift of any amount to support the work of Focus on the Family, and we'll send that bundle out to you. Details uh, are in the episode notes. Next time, uh, we're going to hear from Leslie Vernick, who has some great ideas about being kind to your spouse. For now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the entire team, I'm John Fuller. Thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.